You're listening to the Big Cast C-Suite Edition, your source for leadership insights and inspiration with John Jan Clays. Hello and welcome to this edition of C-Suite Interviews. I'm your host, John Jan Clays, where my job is to go meet with leaders from across the business spectrum and try to harvest learning from their experiences that both enlighten and inspire us to do a better job at our leadership work. What we talk about is their successes and failures, and I'd like to reframe failures as being learning opportunities, and I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Today's interview, we've got all kinds of good information coming your way. The interview is with Mr. Bob Trunzo, President and CEO of CUNA Mutual. Bob and I talked for an extended period of time, about 50 minutes in all, rather than the customary 30, because we had so much good ground to cover, and I think you'll agree after listening to today's podcast. What really struck me during the interview, though, is Bob's clarity of vision for where CUNA Mutual is going in order to support credit unions. His words, we're doubling down on credit unions to make sure that they can thrive and be relevant going into the future. And it's also partnered with an incredible plan for execution. Bob has made bold investments in order to see that his vision becomes a reality, and he's doing that through a very talented executive management team. So if you're ready... Put your feet up, and here's my interview with Bob Tronzo. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me. You know what? I am so pleased that you're able to join us. Our audience is going to be thrilled to hear from you and hear what CUNA Mutual is doing, and and maybe that's a good place to start, Bob. Tell folks who CUNA Mutual is as if they don't know, and uh, what's the mission? What are you guys up to these days? Well, thanks so much, John, for having me, and uh, just honored and delighted to be on the network here. So, 83-year-old insurance company, CUNA Mutual, and our purpose continues to be to help people achieve financial security. We're the leading provider in the credit union movement. You know, I think 91% of all credit unions have a product with us, and we uh, we now uh, insure and protect almost 20 million uh, credit union uh, members. So uh, we have a huge presence in the credit union industry and our purpose in helping uh, individuals achieve financial security, I think aligns very well with our credit union partners. Mm. You know, the last time you and I were together, Bob, it was at an exchange. And at that exchange, you were sharing how CUNA Mutual is not the same CUNA Mutual maybe the last time that you looked and that you'd want to check in. You're going through your own transformation there. Maybe you could tell the audience a little bit about that transformation, kind of what does it entail and what, what was the genesis behind that? Well, you know, John, just like credit unions have to be rel- uh, relevant to their members, you know, our transformation is about taking an 83-year-old insurance company and making it relevant to credit union and credit union members. And really that involves uh, investing over the last couple of years you know, historic numbers of dollars back into the company, uh, whether that's helping us develop agile methodology and how we work in the insurance company or co-developing and uh, products and investments in technology for credit unions. It's all about being relevant for credit unions so we can help credit unions be competitive and provide the kinds of products that, 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 that your members need. So we're thrilled with it. Um, the investment uh, just this year in uh, uh, 2018 is targeted to be $180 million back into the company. 
So we're, we're thrilled about that. And, and frankly, that bar is being raised by the industry. You know, we have got to provide the kind of products, processes, platforms you need in a member's need. Some of the ways we get to where we're going is through partnerships. And I know that CUNY Mutual, part of your capital investment is in some acquisitions. Talk about a few of those and kind of what was the energy behind those and what are you hopeful about those acquisitions? Yeah, you know, we, we, we're attacking this relevancy issue and how, how we could be relevant to credit unions in a number of areas. One, John, is a co-developing product and, and platforms to bring to the space. The second one is providing uh, members with a differentiated customer experience through TrueStage. But I think one of the things we're, we're most excited about is our venture fund. And, and I know you were at our business exchange event in California. And what we've essentially done in the insurance tech and fintech area is to uh, really focus in on in investing in early stage uh, startup companies uh, that can bring a substantial product or platform or enhancer in the credit union space. I think about those investments we've made. Uh, in, in, in investments like Mortgage Hippo, a complete online uh, mortgage application process, Forever Car, a new way to deal with your members on, on warranty and other products. So we're making investments in a lot of these startup companies because, A, John, they can do it faster than we can. They can bring the technology and, 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 and the expertise, and then we give them the laboratory to test credit unions and credit union numbers. So... I, I, I really think it's about trying to figure out how to develop financial services products, not in the channel that maybe you and I think about or want, but really in the channel the member wants. And a lot of these insurance fintech companies are on the cutting edge of bringing those kinds of platforms and products to the marketplace. Boy, I'm with you on that. You know, I was just writing a paper for Q's, and my thought was maybe – Fast innovation is the innovation that we need to have. Fast integration of all these new things. The marketplace is full of so many incredible fintech offerings that I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. I think, John, I think you're right. I think you're on to something. And, and I think one of the things that we've tried to do is, is enlist credit units to pilot and test some of this fast stuff and this innovative stuff and I think one of the advantages to us so we'll invest in these and God forbid we don't want to run them you know, we have we may have uh, board rights or observation rights but I think one of the one of the things that's important is when you get in on an early stage like this and, and as you know John you, you'll find you find a couple of credit unions to test this and, and then that feedback is really good because you, the credit unions come back and say hey look this is a really good product, but can you do these three things? Or this platform needs to be enhanced this way. And the beauty of the insurance tech and the fintech companies is they can react to do that immediately. If you have a big, large company doing it, you know it would take a while. So I think that this co-development with fintechs and insurance techs uh, benefits both parties. Yeah. Well, your 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 comments, Bob, maybe bridge to another thought then about agile. And I know you've made significant investments in that and kind of building that into the new DNA of of CUNA Mutual. Um, can you tell me about that that leadership leap to say we're going to move into Agile and that investment? Kind of what prompted that and where are you at in your stage of maturity on that? Yeah, um, you know, we started Agile when we put our two big transformation projects in place, one mm -hmm. directed at uh, being a uh, 
you know, being an indispensable business partner with credit unions. The other transformation projects, specifically rated in true stage B, coming a providing differentiated process for uh, consumers. And so that involved using Angela not only to develop products and platforms faster, but think about moving your decision making faster. For example, um, you know, we we debuted True Stage debuted a simplified issue life online policy. Um, and that was a big deal. We were one of the leaders in the industry. We we're probably one of the first two or three companies to have a complete insurance product online. And that means decisioning, answer a couple questions, push a button, get the policy done. You know, traditional waterfall method, design that, design that, design that, hit the button, hope you got it right, would take us about 26 months. When we did that with the agile process of designing, running sprints, um, changing as we go. That took about eight months. Now think about that for a minute. It, it shortened that life cycle because we were able to, you, we were able to react quickly, test quickly, take things down, put things back up. And right now, that product in the first year, year, year plus in existence, we've got uh, uh, roughly three billion in issue coverage. That's a huge deal, but but it's about agile, and, and your your point was so right. I mean, we have we've instituted agile now throughout our company a bunch of areas, and frankly, John, as you know, employees don't want to go back to the old way of managing projects and doing business. Why wouldn't you want more autonomy and power delegated to you, saying, "Hey, a cross-functional team, we trust you. You know what the strategy is. Move it forward." Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that we have so many agile teams going on now and so much meeting space. Uh, unfortunately, we have most of these teams in the basement at CUNY Mutual, and, and they came to me the other day, and they said, hey, look, all these teams are downstairs, and um, and uh, so we need, to, we need to make some adjustments on space. But driving autonomy, driving speed, making people responsible, that are closer to the projects, making those people closer to the decision-making process, that's huge for us. And, and frankly, John, that's really supercharged our culture in the building. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been here now going on uh, 13 years, and um, there's a excitement in the building. There's a buzz in the building. And a lot of that has to do with driving accountability, accountability down and getting the employees really engaged and agile. And, and getting them engaged to the point where we're also telling them, look, you go fast. And, but you know what? It's not the end of the world if you make a mistake because in Agile, you take it down and you go back and you try it again. Yep. Yep. And I think that meets uh, your credit union customers' expectations, but more broadly, our members' expectations. In every other part of their life, they're used to having a new release on their phone. What about every other day? You know, for some app that's being upgraded. So, that culture is it's ingrained in our members, I think, and they're going to be accepting of that kind of iterative work. Well, I, I, totally, I totally agree. I totally agree, John. And, you know, what's interesting for us is, you know, we're an 83-year-old company. We have long-tenured workforce, and we've got all kinds of people throughout the, throughout the spectrum engaging in, in Agile. And from the, from the, from the two-year or three-year new hire here, who that's all he or she knows, to the 25-year, 30-year veteran saying to me in the hallway, how come we haven't done this earlier, Bob? I mean, this <laughs> is a way to drive speed, to drive innovation. And, 
And I really think that, and I really think that that bar gets raised by all of our competitors in financial services. And I think you hit on something about new releases and staying ahead. I think, you know, I, you know, we, we talk a lot in the credit union industry about our customers being, you know, B of A and, and, and Wells Fargo, which I understand is now reestablished in 2018 mm-hmm. and other, and, and, you know, you see some of those customers, but like you and I've chatted and like we talked about at, 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 at our business exchange event, we're probably most concerned about the competitors we don't know yet and what's out there and, and who enters into the space. I think that's, I think that's a big deal for all of us. That is a big deal. And keeping your eye on the horizon is so important. And one of the things I appreciate, Bob, about you and your entire team is that you guys hold a lot of forums where people come together and say, what do you see? What are you hearing out there? The business exchanges that you have in different market areas that you also host there at CUNA Mutual. Maybe talk about, you know, what's your expectation around those and what are some of the wins that come from those and tell our audience about that. Yeah, I appreciate that, John. One of the things I just want to hop on that you mentioned earlier, though, was about looking over the horizon. I think that's the toughest thing to do for a leader and for a new, in my so I'm going on four and a half years at Kenny Mitchell as a CEO. I think that's the toughest thing to do as a CEO because, you know, you've, get, you've got to have one foot in the present. You're answering your board. You're, you're telling them what you're doing on a monthly and quarterly basis. And then you've always got to look. You've always got to look across the horizon and say, okay, so where do I need to be in 18? Where do I want to be in 19, 20, 21? What's out there? And, you know, it's interesting. When I, I went back to – the Kellogg School at Northwestern when I was in my mid-50s. And it was interesting. Uh, one of my professors there said, what separates the okay CEOs from the really great CEOs is the ability of the leader to have one foot in the present and one foot in the future with the mind focused squarely on the future. And I think that's, that's bad a acquired skill and i think that's hard because i you know i think in some companies in some countries that manage more for the for the long term um you know that, that, that that's sometimes a tough thing to do in the united states business culture on what did you do for me today what i wanted to talk to you specifically about you were talking about um, exchange and exchange of ideas and business exchange so we really have two we have a number of ways, but two big ways we get feedback is that, and, and partner with the industry and exchange ideas. Is one, we, we, we host a uh, we host every eighteen months a business exchange event uh, around the country, and that really and I know you've participated in and John, you've you've done both. You've been a business exchange. You came to Madison. The business exchange event is um, usually outside of Madison, and. We really try to focus in on a particular topic, like the one we just had in California, focused on creating member value and competition in financial services. We try to provide some speakers. We, we don't sell product there. We really try to just talk to you a little bit about what the national experts and speakers think about the industry. We've also hosted it since 2017 uh, up in Madison. We've had 87 exchange visits here in Madison. And I know, John, you came to Madison with you, some of your team, and that is the credit union's opportunity to come to Madison. And then we talk a little bit about 
what we're doing on Agile, what we're doing on our business transformation, not just what 2018 looks like, but what CUNY Mutual in the future looks like. And those visits have provided great a great window for our partners to see about not only what we're what we are today, but what we're going to be like in the future. And um, just wanted to thank you and all 80, 86 credit unions who made the trek to Madison in, in twenty eighteen and halfway through uh, twenty seventeen, halfway through twenty eighteen. The, the trek was well worth it. Um, one of the big takeaways for me from the exchange was the quality of your people. I, you know, of course, I know the product line. Of course, we're we're clients. Um, but for example, your team in risk management. If I know now that if there's anything that I'm thinking about for executing on a on a business plan, to pick up the phone and call them, you have got a tremendous group there just to be thought partners on. You're getting ready to do X. Think about these risks as you get ready to implement, and they're there to help. I mean, just tremendous yeah. talent. Yeah, I really appreciate that. You know, we're really proud of the we're proud of the team we have here, and, and and you know, I think one of the things that we've done here is, you know, and 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 probably the audience doesn't understand this, but what we've done quite effectively here is not only have we added key talent in a number of areas, uh, not only are we investing back in the company, but we've also managed to reduce our expense levels to. Pretty favorable numbers in the insurance industry. So we've kind of run two paths. And John, the way we did that was really we didn't want to focus uh, on, on on the customer facing parts of our business. So it forced us to make some critical decisions on, on other lines, not only other lines of business, but how we work in those businesses, what we do, what we offshore, what we outsource, and, um, and then just thinking about numbers of how we can be more competitive with our with with our people. So um, we managed to do a bunch of that, but I'm most proud of the fact that um, you know in our company we have a bunch of people that get up every day and care about what they do for credit unions, and it shows. I, I tell my board, tell our board that you just can't coach them. I mean, you see that. I mean, your big your big seg is Disney. I mean, you see that with the Disney employees. I mean, they get up and. and all you know, if you've had a Disney experience, you know. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. That matching that DNA with your business partners is uh, is something that I'm, I'm as a CEO, Bob, appreciating more and more. And in a time when velocity of business is changing, that somebody else has that same kind of mindset and, and deep DNA to serve the member is is huge and what you'll be willing to do in order to make that happen. I think that continues to be top of mind for us because that's why our investments are taking place because we, we understand that we understand that credit unions have choices and you know what we have to be your choice because we provide the best platform, the best product and, 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 and the best process and you know what that means? That means interacting with people that care about what you do and respect what you do. We've made great progress there because we're better listeners now. We're better listeners on what you want. And, and I think when I first started here, the tendency in 2005 and 2006 <laughs> was for us to say, hey, John, this is what you need. Let us tell you. And, 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 and you know what? It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of report that, that I put in there that's highlighted. It says, 
good things happen when you listen to your customers. One of the ways, Bob, um, that you're listening now, and this is totally new what you're doing over the last couple of years, is your data analytics practice. Talk right. about the modern way of trying to find what an individual wants, never mind what a group wants, is through your data analytics practice. For those who are not familiar, maybe talk about your investments there and what are your hopes around that business line that's coming up? Well, you know, it was pretty clear a couple of years ago. Um, we, we saw the trend and I, I remember uh, I remember specifically talking to you about it. And, and we just thought that we had the resources and money to spend. We had the in-house talent. We made a key acquisition to acquire some data scientists a couple of years ago. And we just basically said, how would this work if we were to become a utility expert for the credit union industry on data management and data? So we jumped in with both feet and we made, um, I think right now we've got 65 or $70 million invested in Advantage Analytics, which is our startup data company. And, and you know, and we have like 150 people in the engine. So, but what, what I, what's important is that all credit unions are in various exploration, right? Everybody is a certain place and we want to be able to provide some basic services to some intermediate, intermediate services to some advanced analytics. And we've got the capability to do that right now. And you know, at the end of the day, what we want to do with that is simply this. We want to be able to provide value for credit unions so that they can be more effective and impactful for their members. And this isn't really this isn't really new to us because we started doing this a, year, a couple of years ago, three, four, five years ago, with our true stage business and identifying using data to identify what members would need what particular financial services at what point in time. So we've added more muscle to that. We've expanded this capabilities. We're really excited about it. And look, it, as you and I have chatted, data is not a total panacea. But what it does do is it gives you guys keen insights as to how to be more efficient. We're, we're all in on the data analytics side. And to have a partner who's thinking that way too, Bob, is, is huge. And I've met the team there and and uh, you're doing some really exciting stuff on a scale that we couldn't afford to do here at our credit union, but that we can leverage some of the science and the work that you're doing there is is uh, is really exciting for us. Well, and John, we're really serious about that. You know, we're putting our we're starting like you guys uh, to put our budgets together for 2019, and we will have a uh, we will have another big number in there for our data analytics team so we can. Not only continue the momentum, but 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 be be there to help you all do what you need to do with us. Good. Hey, switching gears a little bit, tell us about your professional journey. I think a lot of folks would be interested to know the Bob Trunzo story. Uh, Bob, a lot of the folks who listen to this podcast are young and emerging leaders, and they just kind of want to know what does this path look like to get to this corner office, you know? So so maybe tell us about your professional journey just a little bit. Yeah, I, I was going to say the path. The path, uh, yeah. Does anybody have a straight line path, John? I, I should have said. Yeah, mine's a crooked-legged dog. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so I, I, I was at a I was at a party a couple of weeks ago, and somebody said, "Oh my God, I never thought of you. You're a lawyer." And I said, 
strike that. I'm a recovering lawyer. Please don't think I'm a practicing lawyer. So, um, you know, I, I grew up, had a, got a law degree. And, you know, when you're in law school, everybody says, okay, you got to go out and work for a law firm. Except I didn't really want to do that. And I was always interested in business. My father was a General Electric executive for years, and so I grew up learning about business around the kitchen table. It found my way in, in initially through politics. I ended up, as you know, working for Governor Tommy Thompson in Wisconsin and got engaged uh, with the business community as the development secretary of the state. So I made that leap into uh, the financial services and insurance industry. I talk about, to our interns, I talk about past, and I talk about planning. And the thing I always tell our interns, everybody, all the young people have a five-year plan, they have a 10-year plan. My advice on five-year plans is to make that like a two-year plan and a 10-year plan, make it as flexible as possible because you need to take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. And sometimes, you know, John, I hate to say this, but you and I probably have been beneficiaries of this sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and it works that's true i i think that is and i like your idea of saying hey focus on what you're becoming over the next 24 months and be open to what's possible beyond that right because well you know it, it's funny i think i finally got through to one of my kids because i have a i have a recent graduate of of uh, of stanford he's going to work in the consulting business and i said what's your five-year plan he goes, my two-year plan is to survive my consulting. Year. So I said, okay, I like that. I like, what, I like how you're thinking about that. But, but, I also, but I also think that there's such, for young leaders, there's such a aversion to take some risk. There's such an aversion to take some risk. And I think one of the things that I think we as leaders and we as CEOs have to understand is that you have to encourage some people to take risk and then you have to understand that if there's failure when we fail on a project or we fail on a sprint or we fail on an agile portion of our project you walk away learning something and that's a big deal that's a big deal so you must have had some kind of experience though in building the milwaukee brewers baseball field did i read that in your bio you read that in my bio and, and after i left uh, after i left uh, the Thompson administration, under the moniker of you never leave Governor Thompson for any period, he asked me within my first year of leaving the administration to chair the volunteer board that uh, was responsible for the design, the construction, and the financing of Miller Park, which is the home of the uh, Milwaukee Brewery. There's three things that came out of that. Uh, one, um, I probably know more about public financing than any non-public financing expert <laughs> in the world. Number two, um, I, I had knowledge about stadiums and what was good about stadiums in 2000 and what you didn't want to do with stadiums in 2000. But I think the biggest thing is I, I am a lifelong friend, of the, the owner of the team um, uh, at the time we started the project was the now uh, just recently retired commissioner of baseball, Bud Selig. So I still maintain a uh, close friendship and relationship with Commissioner Selig, who is now Commissioner Emeritus and, and, and retired. So it was a it was an experience that I grew as a leader. Um, as, as as I think most people know in the Midwest, we had a we had a, a tragic accident out at the ballpark during construction. And, Setback the stadium from 
construction for six months. Um, so I think it uh, it tested all of our resolve. But uh, in the end, uh, the project got done, and we secured baseball for generations to come, which was a, which is a small market. Well, you know, I think you, you learn as much sometimes from setbacks as you do from your your victories. You know, about how to persevere and move forward, and get all the learning from those opportunities. Bob, when you think about learning, um, I would love to know what's on Bob Trunzo's tablet, phone. What, what are you reading? What are you listening to these days in order to have that? vantage point that you were talking about earlier you know i'm reading i'm reading i I always try to read one um i always try to read two business books that are quite different so what i what i just finished was strategy behind the hockey stick people probabilities and big moves to beat the odds it's it's written by a couple of my friends at mckinsey uh, which is um, which is not exactly light evening reading. So I, I kind of power through this when I'm on an airplane and think about how their comments on not only how to integrate, not only how to implement plans, but the realities of projections, the, the way you go about attacking, and the way you implement a somewhat mature strategy. Hmm. And then my my fun book about business that I'm reading is um, the New York Times bestseller, Bad Blood. The reason I'm reading that is my son just graduated from uh, Stanford, and a lot of that's set in Palo Alto and Silicon Valley and some of the same places that meetings are taking place I've been to. It's, uh, it's, so both two, both two diametrically opposed, one technical, one kind of written like a, uh, a mystery novel. Yeah, I do that. So you've mentioned your kids a couple times in here and, and giving them advice, you know, about careers and such. And you must also do that for a lot of the, the young staff at, at CUNY Mutual. If you could, is there some uh, sage advice that you'd say, hey, young leader, a couple things to think about you know, that would be uh, would be well, smart? Yeah, you know, John, that's great. I had a um, – I have my session coming up. We have uh, 80 interns. Wow. And uh, so I get to speak to our interns, and we actually hire, we try to hire about a third of them. And there's uh, a couple things I talk about. I talk about being flexible on your two-year and five-year plan. I tell them uh, face failure straight on. Understand not all good things are going to happen in your career. So resiliency becomes key. And the third thing I talk about is don't take everything so damn seriously. And you have to understand that um, you have to understand that you have to enjoy what you're doing, but you have to also understand that what you're doing is part of a larger journey, and uh, it's a snapshot in time. So, um, but I, you know, I, I really think so much of the younger generation is so driven by schedule and by, I got to do this by this period of time. I got to achieve this goal. I got to achieve this experience. And my point is sometimes you could just have to let it flow because you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Have a little faith. You'll get there. Yeah. I get the reading for pleasure. And I, Bob, I know your travel schedule in order to meet with everybody and get the vantage point that you were talking about earlier. uh, You, you hustle. But when you're not hustling and you get home, how do you like just to relax and re-energize and 
get ready to come back at it again next week. What, what do you do? I do. Uh, I do one thing that everybody uh, everybody makes fun of me and they follow me is um, I, I'm a Peloton singer. So I have a spin bike. I, I, I am I am literally I have bought the whole Peloton lifestyle lifestyle hook line and sinker, and I probably ride that bike live with studio classes probably four times a week. So and, uh, I've got to ask, what's your Peloton name? Uh, my Peloton name is BT Twenty Four. Okay, and um, you'll see me uh, you'll see me on there all the time. Okay. And um, it's my favorite thing to do. And then um, since we're empty nesters, uh, for the most part, my wife and I um, uh, do a little bit of recreation. I, I was going to say, I don't do a lot of recreational travel because like you guys, I'm like you, John, I'm on the road all the time. So I do some recreational travel. And she and I like to play golf together on late Friday afternoons or Saturday afternoons uh, and spend some time together because uh, – as you know, the travel schedules are pretty hectic. Yeah. So I'm L.A. Hustle on Peloton. All right. I got to find you. I got to find <laughs> Game you. Game on, Mr. Trenzo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I did the ride I did the ride yesterday, which was the one for Peloton ride, the July 1 ride, the July 4th ride, that had 16,000 people on it. And I was, I was absolutely really mad because I was tracking with my PR – and then I think they had so many people on the uh, on the broadcast. My internet froze. My my, my my Wi-Fi froze. So it froze for like ninety seconds, and I saw my position drop like a hundred twenty <laughs> spots in like ninety seconds. And then I see my number go down. I'm going, oh no. <laughs> well, I'm never on the leaderboard. If you're looking for me, I'm way down there. <laughs> oh, I'm always I, I enjoy I enjoy the leaderboard, but you know I think unplugging, you know, and, and I think I think part of the balance is unplugging, and whether it's you know on Peloton or whether it's taking a walk or just kind of, I, I really think I've gotten a little bit better at spending the right amount of time to kind of decompress and walk away from it. Because I think right now there's so much, we all walk around with our iPads or our, or our smartphones and there, there's so much and everything is 24 seven that there's so much of a temptation to respond immediately be there and I think that um, I don't think that's necessarily really healthy I'm, I'm with you 100% I need that uh, time to re-energize and come back at it and I, I know I'm better for it and when I don't I can feel it right I, I can feel that so hey Bob I, so you know thinking you. about today um, we're coming up on our time and um, anything else before we go today that you'd like to convey or, or, or share with our listeners today? Well, first of all, John, thanks for having me. And I would just like to say that um, um, I'm really excited about not only where we are in 2018, but the future of CUNY Mutual. And uh, I think we're well positioned to continue to be the kind of partner that credit unions need and members need, not just now, but for the future. Company is exceptionally well capitalized, and as I said in Business Exchange on California, we're going to continue to invest back in the company the dollars we need to continue to be relevant, to 
drive to drive uh, insurance tech, fintech innovation, drive our data analytics company, drive our transformation projects because it's important. It's really important that that we uh, work with credit unions to provide the right kinds of customer experiences for members. So we're thrilled to be a partner. You know, my our strategy, as I told you all, that business has changed on is not just a double down or triple down. Right? We're excited about the present. We're excited about the future. And um, thanks for having me, John. It's, it's it's been a pleasure. Well, Bob, thank you so much, and thank you to you and the, the broad, broader CUNA Mutual team. The way you guys, your word doubling down, tripling down on credit unions is great to hear. So many areas of investment from agile to data analytics to, um, man, even the old school stuff of getting together in person and talking right. about ideas and challenges is just a great mix. And I know all of our listeners really valued hearing your points of view today and where CUNA Mutual is going. And I just want to say thank you very much for, for being here today, Bob. Thank you, John. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the BigCast C-Suite with John Janclays. To learn more or connect with John and the CEO Corner, please visit theceocorner.com. And we always welcome you to join in on our conversation. You can connect with the BigCast Network directly by tweeting us at BigFintech, emailing us at info at big-fintech.com, or visiting our website at bigfintechmedia.com.